We're talking today with Packard Brown, who's the founder and principal of the Theology Careers Initiative. It's a, an initiative that is focused on uh, two general areas of clergy leadership, first, bivocational pastors, and second, innovative ministries um, that are starting up. Today, we're going to be talking about bivocationality, the fact that increasingly pastors will need to hold down some other job while also leading a faith community. Packard, good morning. Good morning, Tom. Thanks for letting me be here. So speak to me a little bit about the uh, increasing demand for bivocational pastors. It's a kind of a continuation of a national sort of movement of, towards contract freelancing work, if I can say that, um, in that a lot of pastors are in situations where they can no longer count on having a full-time congregational uh, position available. So they need other positions available in which they can tap into extra income to sustain themselves financially. And this is, as I said, this is part of kind of a national movement in the employment arena that um, are a lot of, lot of organizations, a lot of industries, and ministry is one of those moving towards more and more um, positions of what I call contract work or for freelancing. And increasingly so in that there have been some studies lately that show that in, uh, in the terms of bivocational ministry, uh, that currently there's about 43% of, of present pastors that to some degree have to resort to bivocational work. Um, kind of coupled with this is the uh, results of some surveys done by the Association of Theological Schools with their incoming graduate, or their incoming MDiv students, uh, and that up to 31, it sometimes even 40% of those incoming students anticipate that after graduation, they're going to have to dive into some sort of bivocational role. And this, um, this is just increasingly growing uh, in the, I mean, in all the denominations. And uh, what I'm finding is that it used to be um, denominations, well now we're getting into that kind of a subject you may want to cover later on, but uh, is that the, the need to shift into some bivocational model of ministry is yeah, rapidly increasing because of the change of uh, guaranteed positions in denominations. They're just not doing that much anymore. And I suspect that the this forty percent ish area that you're talking about is going to be a is going to be news to a whole lot of folks who are listening to this that they they don't realize that that is the the level of bivocational uh, clergy um, work out there at this point. Partially because as a a seminary we um, tend to focus on. Uh, the larger faith communities that are served by a denominational yes. center like yes. this one, in this particular case, the United Methodist Church, where there's an assumption that there's going to be a job out there for you when you're done. Now, mm -hmm. a whole lot of our students are also doing innovative stuff or, or um, work that would very logically be part-time, and they know that. But we have a whole lot of other students who probably don't really realize the potential of ending up in a bivocational situation. Mm -hmm. So 
just, I know that you, you do work with folks around this, but can you give us some, some ideas around what they need to be thinking about at this point in their education? If they're here or elsewhere working on a master's degree, probably a master's mm -hmm. of divinity and MDiv, mm -hmm. um, what do they need to have in the back of their mind as, as they head toward that job market? A good question is, I think, starting with anticipating that there will be some moments of uh, maybe dual career uh, practice when they get out uh, of seminary. But there are several areas where I really encourage students to start focusing on, and that is including areas of leadership development. When they get into bivocational, Tom, uh, or in the bivocational situations, it really stretches uh, the leadership capabilities. Uh, they have to be a lot sharper in their communication. They have to be um, kind of tighter in their accountability chains and those sorts of things. So I really encourage them to get into kind of the more practical aspects of ministry around project management, you know, for, for example, and learning how to control calendars, meeting administration, um, delegation, recruiting volunteers, and so forth, um, and getting some feedback from uh, other practitioners in bivocation about that sort of enterprise and, and that sort of model of ministry. Talking with people that are doing it already, but chiefly, one of the things I emphasize is uh, doing uh, doing some assessment or or some sort of mechanism to determine what is your leadership preference, what are what is your leadership style, and it's interesting. Some of the bivocational pastors I've worked with have said that they went through an assessment, um, you know, in their seminary experience but they had no follow-up on how that would affect their ability to recruit or their ability to uh, manage you know, operations of a church. And I tell the story, uh, it comes from a, another bivocational pastor I was working with, so perhaps it might be apocryphal, but it's a, it's a neat story about um, a pastor who was in kind of a rural setting and had uh, had a had a charge out in a rural area, uh, and then also was involved uh, had a secondary job in some sort of financial uh, position at another in another town, and he had uh, recruited some volunteers. He was excellent at recruiting volunteers, and these volunteers were they basically ran the church, and they were known for being a very um, very nurturing, providing really good leadership, uh, much more of a relational type of model. But about six months into the, the whole practice, they found that this group, including him, they were abysmal at managing the finances of the church or of the event calendars. And so they had to bring in some outside help from the denomination to kind of clear things up. And in talking with him is that he said, you know, I never knew this about my leadership. And if I had known this at some point in time, I would have recruited people that had traits or characteristics that I didn't own. So much of what I emphasize with current MDiv students and with faculty within seminaries, it's fine to do some leadership assessment and reflection on that 
but then go that extra step and say, all right, how is it going to impact your, you know, delegating re responsibilities or giving directions or giving constructive feedback, you know, to to your to your congregation. Uh, very interesting. Yeah, um, I can think of a a few additional questions for you and uh, topics that I'd like to chat about, which we're going to hold for the next segment. Okay. Um, we're going to wrap up with Packard Brown for this particular part. Be sure to check back. Um, you can also. Connect up with him through PackardBrown.com. It is spelled just like it sounds. And um, we'll see you for our next podcast. Resource is an ILIF School of Theology program and is funded by ILIF and the Lilly Endowment. For more information, visit resource.ilif.edu.